people, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning, baby, we are back and live in Bangkok, guys, welcome back to the Arsenio Buck Show, I am so happy and full of energy, as always, because today is just another beautiful day, and you know what, when you have like a Twitter timeline, an Instagram post timeline, where there's nothing but inspirational things, and people, you know, uh, doing what they love to do, I mean, it just sets my soul on fire, and today... I was doing some reading yesterday. We're getting back into Napoleon Hill, but dude, this is very this is a very powerful exercise I came across, guys. Identifying your turning points. Now I'm not gonna go over Napoleon Hills because of course it deals a lot with money and work. So I decided to do my own turning points, my financial turning points, and I realized that I said enough was enough. Unconsciously. Like, I don't even know how I did it, but in the terms of finance. Now, relationships, career, that now that all coincides, and I'm probably going to do separate podcasts on those later on. But today, man, I want to talk about, because he had seven turning points, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my God. Let me hope there's not a per. Yep. Okay. So, he had seven turning points. So, I pretty much, um, I broke mine, oh, I broke mine down into seven turning points also. So, I want to talk about the number one. So, I got number one, bad money in Chantaburi. Number two, broke as hell. Number three, Bangkok crosshairs. And number four, doubling up. And after number four, I'm going to give you a nice little segment in what he said in his turning point. Whereas he said, you know what? This is all part of the process and this is the failure. But the thing is, he said, quote, at least refrain from accepting any defeat as failure until you shall have had time to analyze the final result. Result. And then he went on to keep going on and you know he went on to of course five through seven which i'm gonna do tomorrow morning in my schedule podcast so guys i want to tell you man i want to give you a nice financial breakdown because of course this is the past and i've learned so much from it because i'm looking at my bank accounts right now and i'm like well this is the most i've ever had in my life and i'm very very grateful for it and of course money is not everything and it's not my identity and it's not attached to anything in terms of who I am, because I just love what I do. Now, of course, with those finances and whatnot, it's going to give me the ability to do my Spartan races next year, to do my Kazakhstan travels, my Cairo travels, my perhaps my Samoa travel, uh, Australia maybe, I'm not even sure about that, uh, and a couple others. But you know what? This is what it sets me up to do. But it's not even that. It's just the fact that I'm able to do so many things. But, guys, this wasn't always the case at my first job. And that's turning point number one. Bad money. Guys, African-American, an Irish teacher, and an American teacher who was a little bit younger than myself, probably by about two or three years. Her name was Amy. Another guy's name was Ray, I think. So I was working at this school, and I was getting paid only $600 a month, 18000 baht. I'm almost getting paid as much as... A lot of Filipinos do. Filipinos get paid $500 a month here in Thailand, which is unbelievably low. Uh, And Africans, they get paid probably just as much, depending. And that's why I probably made my jump to to Bangkok in the Bangkok crosshair section of turning point number three. But let me just stay focused on turning point number one right now. I remember this, one of the worst bosses I've ever had, and I'm very grateful for her. Thank you very much. BB is what they call her. She said, we're going to pay you $600 a month because you are black. And she said that to me right in my face. She said they want to pay white teachers $66 more. 
So those teachers basically made $666 and I made $600. Were they better than me? There was no su- there's no such thing as comparing yourself and never compare yourself to other teachers because you bring a certain uniqueness and value to your job, not even teaching or to whatever field of endeavor you're in regardless. But you know what? I remember I kept digging in my savings account for the first four months. Like I would always do some travel and always go to Bangkok every other weekend or whatnot or go to this place, go to this place and meet different people and whatnot. Very easy to meet pretty awesome individuals four years ago compared to what it is now. It's almost virtually impossible, Uh, especially here in Bangkok because it's all about the color now. But let's just stay focused on number one. And so I remember – it came to the last check. Actually, received it ten days late in October. In October, she said, "Well, there's going to be an English camp where you can make money, but it's up to you." And she, next thing you know, she said, "You know what? You and Teacher Ray, we don't need you at the English camp. We're just going to take Teacher Amy because Teacher Amy, she abides by me. She does what I say. Does what I say? She does what I say. Yeah, whatever. She does what I tell her to do." And I'm like, okay, whatever. And in that point, I remember at the end of September, there was a big argument. And I said, you know what? I told my teaching assistant by the name of Teacher Nat, who I saw last year, who was wonderful, who's making really good money now. And I'm very happy for her. Uh, I told her that I was leaving. She started crying. She told all the parents to come to the school. And they pled me to stay for at least throughout the, the, you know, the calendar year, which would end basically in February or March. And then I said, okay, okay. But in my mind, I said, you know what? This is going to be the turning point. Arsenio, it's basically going to come down to you and your finances. But, Swede, you having a meal to eat at night or you doing what to uh, doing what others want you to do. I remember in the beginning of October or in September, I actually took a trip to another province and this lady said, "Hey, I'm going to let I'm going to make I'm going to have you meet this guy named Jojo. Jojo has a job for you." I went to go meet this guy, Jojo, in the south of Thailand, which was actually a distance away from southeast Thailand because I have to commute to Bangkok first, which is three hours, and then take a flight into the south of Thailand. And I remember I met this guy, Jojo. He's like, hey, and there was a big, long council table of people, and there was another light-skinned guy from Britain who just so happened to be going through the same problems and whatnot at that specific time, and... He ended up telling me, he's like, hey, so you need a job? I said, yes. He said, okay. And you guys probably heard this story before. Some of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. And he called his wife. And I, talk, I talked to his wife. She's like, hey, so you you need a job, huh? How much you want? 30,000 baht? Which is basically 1,000 US dollars. She said, okay. Well, come on down here October 10th, 2013. And so I did. She hung up the phone. And I said, Jojo, thank you so much. We went out, went out karaoke and People were all crazy drunk. It was so many crazy things that happened that night. It was a good time. Went back, and I didn't tell anyone. I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do what's best for me. So it was about October 8th, October 9th. I packed everything up, sold my refrigerator. And this guy, Teacher Ray, who was actually a very – oh, my God. That's another story. Uh, and I'm probably going to have to do a purposeful – no, I can't do a purposeful relationship. I'm going to have to do like a branch relationship on his ass. But anyways, let's stay focused. This is turning point number one. I had to make a decision to do what was best in terms of my finances to get the hell out of hell. Literally hell. I lost probably 10 uh, kilograms, which is like 18 to 20 pounds. 
I was so unhappy. I complained all the time because I was around one of the most toxic beings I've ever been around in my entire life. And this guy named Teacher Ray. And next thing you know, I said, okay, I'm going to sneak out of here. He dropped me off at that little minivan depot and I made a haul all the way out there to Bangkok, who, which I met up with a Kiwi who I used to work with in Australia. And we had a night out in Bangkok and I stayed there for one night. And then my next flight was, of course, the next morning to, uh, to the south of Thailand where I had an interview with this lady, got the job. And you know what? That's what ended up. That, that was turning point one, guys. And so I had to make a financial decision to tell myself, you know what? I'm and – cr- and the most important part of this aspect was at the beginning of October, that lady BB said, you're not going to get paid all the way until November 30th, 60 days without pay. And I only had probably $1,000 to my name. 2000 was already gone. And so she's like, hey, listen, <clears throat> you're not, you're not going to have any pay for 60 days. And the parents – Children who I would tutor and whatnot, um, I would do the tutoring with them and with the children. They're like, hey, we're not going to need any tutoring probably until the end of this month. So I was basically without pay for an entire month. And I said, all right, so this is it. And it's it, it, the most stu- the most ridiculous and stupendously outrageous thing about it is that she wanted us to do this English camp and pay for the materials on our own. And we only got $600 a month. So if we pay $100 to $150 worth of materials... We're already, man, we're, I'm, and of course, with the motorbike that I was uh, paying for and whatnot, I was already about, I have $400 to my name left. And this is what ended up breaking up me and my, fam- my, my family and I because my mom asked me for $100. I was like, Mom, I only have $500 to my name every month. If I send you $100 plus a $40 uh, tax, you, you know, uh, in terms of a wire transfer fee, I'm only going to have this amount left. She's like, well, I need the money. I said, you know what? That's very selfish, mother. I'm sorry. You're not getting anything from me. Then, of course, I was the bad one, and then that broke up the relationship forever. I had to do what was best for me to have some goddamn food in my stomach and to make that smart financial decision. So then it came to number two. Went to the south of Thailand, man. South of Thailand was it was uh, it was a very interesting place to say the least. Okay, and I, I of course I was very very. Uh, Grateful for heading down there, but I thought I was going to get paid at least 15,000 baht, 500 US dollars at the end of October. And they said, no, you're not going to get paid to the end of November. And I said, oh my God. So here I am doing these rampant two week, um, two week journeys to the South border. It's called Sadao to get a new visa every 15 days until they finally gave foreigners a 30 day visa upon arrival. Uh, it was in sometime in like, think, uh, November and I was like, man, I only got, I went from like having 100 US dollars to 50 to literally $10. And of course, I was doing this tutoring and whatnot, so they would basically keep me afloat and whatnot. But I had to pay basically from October all the way until November. And I remember, man, I didn't have any money left. And from that point forward, of course, I was going to get paid at the end of November, which was great. And... The school said, hey, go to your English department, um, what is it, the, uh, the head of the English department, and ask her for some money so that could hold you over until, you know, the, the end of November. Man, when I had $10 in my name, I said, man, I've never been bro- this broke before. Well, yeah, technically, but, you know, I was living with my family at the time, and I could always rely on my mom to at least give me something at that specific moment, and at least I had food in my stomach, etc., etc. But 
when I'm living in a foreign country with no family to rely on and with no one to rely on, I said, oh, my goodness. I said, man, you know what? From this point going forward, I'm never going to be this broke again. And one of the best feelings ever was when I got that $1,500 check. Because, of course, 15000 baht plus the 30000 baht that, of course, amasses to. 1500 US dollars. I said, man, this is it. I'm never going to be this broke again. This is it. This is it. <sighs> you know what? I had to get my new visa. I had to get a work permit. I had to get this, that, etc., etc., man. And so I made a note to myself. I said, man, I cannot. Uh, this is it. I'm not going to be this broke again. There's no way I could live just off $10 with no one to rely on. And so from that point going forward, I was never, ever, ever close to being, having only just that amount in my name. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And so after that job ended, that was turning point number two, making an oath to myself. But turning point number three was the Bangkok crosshairs. And what I mean by that, I knew that all the money was in Bangkok. And if I could get to Bangkok, I could have opportunity and I would tell myself, you know what, Bangkok, they're a little bit more open-minded than these other schools out here. And I was dealing with a ridiculous amount of racism in the south of Thailand. It's probably the worst that I've ever experienced. Uh, but I applied to, I remember, 60 jobs one morning, and I got two responses. The other responses, I had the credentials, but the thing is, they said, uh, can you send a picture of yourself? Have you ever had a job ask you to send a picture so they could get a good glimpse at you to see if you are fair skin or color? Yeah, welcome to Thailand. This is why I have, and I mean I have to do this TEDx to tell people this story, to tell them, wow, how were you able to overcome this? And in the bulk of all that, went to Bangkok, I met up with this guy, and he took me to this remote place called Antong, which is very close to the historical town of Ayutthaya, which is about a north, an hour north of Bangkok. And I remember I went there. He's going to pay me, I think, 30,000 baht, which is another 1,000 U.S. dollars. And I remember in my gut feeling, I remember I checked into that place. This was basically in the most grassy land place. Man, the f goddamn cockroaches were the size of cats. There were frogs. I'm talking about red and black frogs that were running my shoes. Um, And the people. I mean, there were snakes everywhere. Just, just, just imagine that. Snakes everywhere. Technical college. Like a, art, a school of art. And the way these people looked at me. Oh my God. OMG. It was basically the South of Thailand times five. They were, It was sickening. I remember I went to the school. And I'm like right when I stepped into the school. And I looked at one teacher. And he looked at me. And the look he gave me. I said I'm not going to be here. I said Arsenio this is what you need to do right now. And this is what led into of course October this was October 2014, one of the most life-defying months and the most horrific months I've ever experienced in my life because it was just a range of emotions that were coming over me. I remember I went to an English camp, and it was an absolute disaster beyond belief. And uh, and that's, that's something I'll probably talk about in my book and whatnot. And this turning point, I told myself, I remember I had these acquaintances that I would stay with. They were from England. And they had wonderful jobs. They had jobs that they would get paid probably between four of uh, what is it like thirteen hundred dollars to two thousand U.S. dollars a month, and that is extremely high for Thailand. That's probably the top twenty-five percent. Me, I'm getting paid thirty thousand baht for all the reasons that I've already mentioned. And 
I told myself, I said, and I remember she told me, she's like, dude, don't give up. Stop using color as an example. I remember this late, uh, this girl, she emailed me. She's like, hey, I'm leaving the country. Can you apply to Anglo-Singaporean International School? And I said, okay. She's like, you'll get paid probably just under 2000 US dollars. I was like, ooh, that's really, really good. And of course I applied and they never responded. And I can't tell, I can't ask why they didn't respond, but for obvious reasons. So after that, I just kept on fighting. I remember I went to a job interview with three other Filipinos and they said, okay, Filipino, in, in, in. They pointed at me and they said, we don't need your services. We don't need you. They completely disregarded me because I was color. They thought I was African for whatever reason, but they completely, they, they said, no. And you know what? I remember going in that taxi ride, going back to the, the BTS station, going all the way back up to that horrific province in Ang Tong. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Is this the end? This is so difficult. And this teaching of this um, agency that was trying to get me a job, they kept egging me on, say, don't give up. Don't give up. We got something for you in Don Mung, which is very, very close to where I live right now. And I remember I went from one. Again, this is one of the darkest days of my life because I started having a lot of thoughts that I've never had before in my life that were very terrifying and scared a lot of different people. Were they suicide? To a certain extent. But then when I snapped out of it and I got out of this taxi that literally went around in motherfucking circles when I should have got out from the very, very beginning. And I wish I knew my way to begin with, but I didn't. And I almost had a similar situation last night, but I won't talk about that. But I hurry up and told him. I said, get over here. Get over here. And he started acting like he was stupid. I said, pull over. I'm getting out right now. Dumbass. Anyways, <laughs> let's stay on topic here. The Bangkok Crosshairs was basically this lady saying, hey, I have a job for you. And this job is in this area, in Don Mung. And then I met another guy who had a separate business. And he wanted me to teach there. And he paid me about $13 an hour, which was like, uh, what is it, a 300 a 300% increase from what I used to get paid an hour back in the south of Thailand. And then I got an email and a phone call from this job and, of course, where I work right now, which I'm so grateful for. And I remember going to that interview and he's like, so what do you think about being a colored, you know, a colored, uh, a colored teacher in Thailand? Very, very good question. And I said, you know what, I've been through the trials and tribulations, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, well, to just let you know right now, there is a little bit of that that happens around here. And he literally mentioned, <clears throat> and I won't get into that, but he mentioned someone else that's actually still there to today. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I've been thrown at. I've been, I've had so many things thrown at me before. I am not worried about that. So I had to work my way up the ladder, which I'm going to talk about, of course, in number five tomorrow. But the number four is basically doubling up. I would work Saturday. I would work Sunday. And I would work evenings on Monday through Thursday. And the job that I had was horrific and this is the turning point number five that i won't get into today but basically the bangkok crosshairs i had to make a decision the turning point number three i had to make a decision am i going to stay in this unbelievably racist province that's going to steer me away from thailand from good for good or am i going to go over here to of course inside bangkok accept the job and have another part-time job double up on my salary which I did. I went from making 1000 US dollars a month to 2000 just by having this part-time job and never turn back. Never accept anything less. And that's what I did. That number three right into number four in the month, basically the month of 
what is it? The month of October going into the month of February, which is turning point number five. I had to drop that job, and I never looked back into the public school system in terms of accepting government jobs, private sector, and international sectors because they were not suitable for me. And I'm going to basically talk about that in my next podcast, which is basically turning point number five, six, and seven. But these were the most critical financial areas of my life by all, I mean, by, by gone, by, by far. Because I went from 600 US dollars to making a little bit more than probably 700 US dollars with the private tutoring to 1,000 US dollars. With a, probably a surplus of, I, I guess, a profit of uh, of $100 per month. And I had to pay rent at this place, which is very, very overpriced and whatnot. But I paid rent probably $3,000 US dollars. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, $100 US dollars a month. So I didn't really profit from that place that much. But I made a little bit more than that. And then when I went to Bangkok and I went to, of course, the north, Ang Tong is what they call it. I went over there. And I was going to get paid the same wage, but I said, no, nah, you know what? I need to get somewhere near Bangkok or whatnot, and I did. I doubled up, and I went from 1000 U.S. dollars to 2000 U.S. dollars. I made important decisions financially to put myself in a prime and winning position. And boy, these were some of the most trying times of my that, – that October was the most trying time of my life. And then I made another decision in, of course, February of 2015. And that's what I'm going to go. That's where I'm going to lead from tomorrow. And you know what? I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this out of Napoleon Hill's book. He said, quote, while I do not mean to convey the impression that I believe all of our acts to be controlled by causes beyond our power uh, to be direct. Yet I strongly urge you to study and correctly interpret, interpret those causes which mark the most vital turning points of your life. The points of which your efforts are diverted from the old into new channels in spite of all that you can do. And remember that quote I gave you at the beginning. At least refrain from accepting any defeat as failure. And you see all those defeats I had, especially coming into Bangkok, October 2014. Those defeats of, you know, applying to, oh my God, two, what, what, about 60 different jobs. And having jobs, you know, respond to me saying, hey, can we have a picture? To see if I'm African-American or not. Yeah. That was defeat. That was defeat to the cellular level. That was a demoralizing and dehumanizing defeat that I suffered here in Thailand. But I never gave up. I never accepted defeat. And I kept going. And then, of course, Napoleon Hill went on to talk about, he said his first position in Kong, uh, Chicago was uh, an advertising manager for a huge correspondent school. He knew little bit he knew little about advertising, but his previous experience as a salesman was an advantage that he gained by rendering more service for which that he was paid for, enabling him to make an unbelievable sum of five thousand two hundred US dollars a year. Then that was back in the early nineteen hundreds. And he told himself, he said, quote unquote, I was coming back by leaps and bounds. And that's exactly what happened to me. I finally made it. And I came back strong. And I remember sending a message to one of my friends back in the day, two years ago, by the name of Rocky. And I said, Rocky, I feel that I went through up, I went throughout Everest and, uh, and uh, a mountain of Everest of hell. 
But you know what? Throughout all those goddamn tornadoes and avalanches and mudslides and whatever you can name, these natural disasters that could possibly be on a mountain, obviously not tornadoes, not hurricanes, but avalanches and mudslides and all these things that a lot of people go through in life, metaphorically speaking, I got to the plateau. But what am I supposed to do now? And that's turning point number five tomorrow morning. So please stay tuned for that. And guys, I want you to identify your turning points. One through four. It could be at your present job. It could be over the course of 10 years, 20 years. But once you do, you're going to look back and say, oh my God, look where I am now. And you know what? If you're doing the same and achieve, if you're doing the same thing and achieving the same salary as you have been doing the past one month, one year, 10 years, 20 years, a decision needs to be made. And until then, people have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. Stay tuned next morning. I mean, next morning, <laughs> tomorrow morning for my next turning point, five through seven, which is going to be a scheduled podcast, 5 a.m. as always. And as always, this is your host, Arsenio, over and out. <laughs>